here we go. What a podcast we have today. I am fired up. I mean, I thought we had a great podcast that dropped on Wednesday, but the NFL just keeps turning out news like there's no tomorrow. I mean, from Aaron Rodgers to Antonio Brown, we have week 18 of the NFL season coming up, playoff implications galore. I mean, we are just having a loaded podcast today. We're going to talk about Rodgers. We're going to talk about the best playoff scenarios that we want to see in the wild card round, as well as a little Baker Mayfield news that came out earlier this week that we have to touch on. But we're going to start with this. There was a sports reporter that came out. He's a MVP voter. Came out and said that he wasn't going to vote for Aaron Rodgers for MVP. And his reasoning behind this was that Rodgers was too much of a distraction in the preseason to warrant an MVP vote. Basically said that he was already off the list before the season even started. And Rodgers responded to this and basically said, actually did say, quote, he's a bum, which I think is absolutely comical. I mean, what a response from one of the premier quarterbacks in this league, premier sports icons in America, right? Going out and calling a local Chicago reporter a bum. Uh, You can't write it any better. You can't movie script it any better, right? But in regards to the entire taking you off the list because you're a distraction, I I can't be on the the same side of that from an opinion standpoint. I mean... This is more on-the-field stuff, and it's somewhat politicizing the entire MVP vote. Now, does this Chicago reporter make up all 50 opinions on the MVP vote? No, he doesn't. Okay, so I'm not going to kill him on that. Obviously, Rodgers is going to win the MVP, something we've said since week nine, by the way. So give give this podcast credit because we have said that since week nine, okay? When first half of the season it was Lamar, but obviously got hurt. Things change. Things change directions. But you can't make decisions in the preseason about something in the po- something that's yet to be played, right? Otherwise, the the preseason polls, whoever is responsible for them, whether that's preseason Super Bowl predictions, preseason playoff predictions, we should just make them all up, right? Put them in a big hat, take our polls out and say, okay, well, I guess the Green Bay Packers were the champions this year because that's what everyone picked. No, that's not how it works. That's not how sports work. We ha- you have to watch it play out, right? So that's why I just don't think it's fair to be able to rule out a person, whether it's Aaron Rodgers who was unvaccinated or you know, however he said it, whether he was a distraction off the field or not, you have to watch him if and if he's the best player in this league then you have to, you have the right you have the right of your duty as a MVP voter to vote him the MVP just because you don't like his political takes or his vaccination takes doesn't give you or whatever or or whatever he does in the offseason whether that's in a media standpoint whether that's going to Hawaii and doing whatever he wanted to do you have to take all that off the table because we're talking about on the field stuff, right? And yes, has there has there been MVPs, for example, Tom Brady's two years ago that said, 
oh, or actually it was last year. Oh, Tom, you know, he rallied the troops and went to secret practices down in Tampa to, you know, throw with his wide receivers. Well, you can make the alternate claim that Tom violated health and safety protocols from the league. He violated them from the state, right? So the same argument could be made on the other hand. The fact that, oh, you did such great offseason work. Oh, well, you also broke rules, right? You also had a guy on your team that had a fake vaccination card, right? So that's why at the end of the day, this Aaron Rodgers stuff, who rightfully deserves to be the MVP, probably won't be the unanimous MVP, right? Jonathan Taylor will receive votes. Brady certainly will receive votes. Burrow will probably get a vote or two as well, as they all should. But you just can't go in with the preconceived notion of, I will not vote this guy in no matter what, right? Because you have to be able to pivot off new information that you get. That's what this entire show is about, right? I mean, we had the Baltimore Ravens winning the AFC North, and then they decided to absolutely implode from a medical standpoint, right? And, and we pivoted halfway through the year. So at the end of the day, just be open-minded. Be open-minded. Be able to take in different opinions other than your other than your own and accept them. And maybe it'll open your eyes a little bit. Coming up next, we are going to talk about the best playoff matchups that we could get going into wildcard weekend. And I can't wait. So we're not really going to touch on Week 18 this week. Obviously, the biggest game of the week overall is Chargers-Raiders Sunday Night Football. Will be really fun to watch. Completely expect the Chargers to go out there and probably beat the Raiders by 14 to 17 points like they did last time. Uh, the Chargers are just a better team. They have a better quarterback, even though Derek Carr's played really, really well this, this year. Um, at the end of the day, we all just want to see the Chargers. We don't want to see the the Raiders in there as a seven seed getting their butts handed to them by the Chiefs, right? So given that, and assuming the San Francisco 49ers get in either as beating the Rams or losing and the New Orleans Saints, who are just incompetent on offense, lose to Atlanta, we're going to assume that the Niners get in as well, okay? So from a best playoff matchup standpoint, the ones that we're going to be talking about all week, the ones that we're going to be excited for, right? We're going to start with the AFC, okay? And the first one that I circled was obviously Chiefs-Chargers. Three, the third time that they're going to play this year. The first time came down to the wire. Chargers won in Kansas City, which they're going to have to do again if they want to win this playoff game. They won in Kansas City at the end of the game by throwing a fade to Mike Williams. That's how they won it. They went on they went for fourth on fourth down. They went for it. It was like fourth and nine from the Chiefs 32. Could have easily kicked a field goal. Nope, they went for it. And they ended up winning the game because of it. The second game, the Chiefs won, even though the Chargers had two turnovers inside the Chiefs five yard line and should have won that game. The Chargers should have won that game. They should be two and zero against the Chiefs right now. And I guarantee you the Chiefs are going to open as like a five to six point favorite. And you'll be damned if you don't see me absolutely hammer the Chargers all week because 
I think they can win that game. I think they're more talented. Travis Kelsey did not. He was actually shut down, really, until the fourth quarter when Derwin James went out. And that's when Travis Kelsey decided to drop 120 in the fourth quarter or whatever it was. I mean, he went absolutely berserk in the fourth quarter in overtime. But guess what? Derwin's healthy now. So it feels like the Chargers have the pieces to be able to knock the Chiefs off in round one. And man, what a story that would be. What an absolute kind of upset people would not expect. But guess what? You heard it on this show first. You heard it here first. The Chargers are going to win that game if they play the Chiefs. Next game, stick with the AFC. Oh, God. I can't wait for it. I want it to happen so badly. Bills, Patriots, baby. Another round three game. And all you Patriots fans are going to come out and say, well, we have to go to Buffalo and we shouldn't be expected to beat them. They beat us last time. Bullshit. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Because five weeks ago, all we heard was Patriots are going to win the East. Patriots are going to get the bye. Patriots are getting the, going to the Super Bowl. Brady... Belichick, Super Bowl, book it's happening, blah, 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 blah. No, it's not. No, it's not. And guess what? The Bills are going to end the Patriots season again. They're going to do it in Buffalo in front of a raucous crowd. And man, I can't wait to see the look on those darn Patriots faces when they go into Buffalo without 45 mile an hour wins and they get their butts kicked, man. Woo! I am excited for that game if it happens. I really hope it does. I really, really hope it does. Next game would be just as excited for Indianapolis-Cincinnati. Obviously, you get Jonathan Taylor. You get that Colts offense. You get a Cincinnati defense that has played pretty well this year, but probably is going to struggle to stop Indianapolis's run game overall. Um, and then you, on the flip side, you get Burrow, Jamar, T. Higgins against more of a too-high Indianapolis team that really is going to make you work underneath, grind you to get those yards just like the Bills do, just like the Chargers do, right? They're not going to give those big plays over the top, which is really what Cincinnati wants to do, right? So I would favor Indianapolis in that game. I think Indianapolis could control the clock. I think they can get home with Quiddy Pay, with DeForest Buckner that are both on their defensive line. They can cause Burrow some issues up front because we know Cincinnati's offensive line is not all that. So I think I'd give Indianapolis the edge. It would be really, really fun to watch. It would be in Cincinnati. The jungle would be rocking. But Indianapolis would probably be getting the points here, and I'd love them on the money line on this one. Flipping over to the NFC, I think another upset alert is if we get Tampa and San Francisco. If we can get Tampa and San Francisco, what do we know about Tampa right now? We know that they're struggling to stop the run since week eight. They're like a bottom 10 run defense, I believe, um, mainly because they're missing their two best linebackers. We don't know if, if they're both going to be back at this point in time. We know that they're lacking weapons on the outside. No Chris Godwin, no Antonio Brown. Mike Evans is coming off a hamstring. We don't know if he's going to be 100%. So Brady's going to be relying on guys like Scotty Miller, guys like Ronald Jones, who's banged up, um, guys like OJ Howard. So on the flip side... What is, what is San Francisco? Oh, they're a run-first team. It doesn't matter if they're, they have Jimmy G under center or if they have Trey Lance under center. They're going to run you down, run the ball down your throat. That's what they want to do, okay? They're going to control the game with Debo. They're going to control the game with Kittle. Defensively, 
their secondary isn't very good, but their front seven's pretty darn good, right? Well, the Bucks had a, had a severe advantage over them from a weapons to secondary standpoint earlier on in this year, and now they don't. I I think I would take San Francisco in this game. It would be somewhat of an upset. I don't think people would expect it, but at the end of the day, I think San Francisco can kind of push Tampa Bay around. Uh, it's what they've shown so far this year, and it would be a shock. San Francisco is going to get a ton of points, but I think San Francisco would be the play, at least from the money line standpoint and the point standpoint. The next game I I expect in the in the in the playoffs would be Rams Eagles. I think the Rams win this comfortably. I would be shocked if they didn't. Um, Philly matches up better with Tampa just because Philly has a top five offensive line. Philly has a top five defensive line. Um, the Rams do as well, so I think they kind of null and void. And at the end of the day, I take Stafford over Jalen Hurts, who's playing in this first playoff game. I would take Jalen Ramsey uh, as well as Cooper Cup over Darius Slay and the weapons that the Eagles present uh, overall. So I think the Rams would win that game. I think it's a bad matchup for the Eagles overall, and that's where we'll leave it. The last game on the slate as a possibility is one we just watched last weekend. Dallas playing Arizona. I think Arizona would go in there, and I think they'd win again. Uh, we know Kyler Murray is 9-0 in AT&T Stadium. We know that this Dallas offense isn't clicking as much as we thought they would be at this point in, in the year. We know Kyler can escape that Dallas pass rush. We watched it happen live. Um, I'm definitely willing to go back and forth on this game. I want to see this Dallas offense get a little bit healthier. But at the end of the day, uh, I just believe a little bit more in Kyler at this at this moment in time right now. It could change coming next week. Uh, but I do think Arizona could go in and win that game. And keep your eye on out. J.J. Watt might be back next week. I know no one's talking about it. But he tweeted a couple weeks ago, just tweeted, there's a shot. So if J.J. Watt comes back with his arm absolutely discombobulated and everything, torn pec, torn a shoulder, torn bicep, I mean, that man has an entire arm missing. But if he can come back, credit to him, but it changes the complexion of this Arizona defense. Uh, they've been a different defense since he left, and I think they'd go back to being that first half of the season defense we saw when he was in the game. Those are our best playoff matchups, the ones that we are hoping for going into the wild card weekend. I don't know if we're going to get them, but I hope we do. But even if we don't, we're going to break down next week's playoff matchups next week on next week's pod. But coming up next, you know we got to get to Baker Mayfield. You know we got to get to Baker Mayfield and what he set up in Cleveland. That's next. Baker, 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 Baker. Man, oh man. Guys continue to stay in the news. He's like Rodgers. I mean, every other day it's something with Baker. My shoulder hurts. Baker's not playing well. Yada, yada, yada. I just feel like I, I turn on my Twitter app and it's like, oh, Baker said something again. Oh, here's another Baker news. Well, this is what happened yesterday. This is what came out in the news. Um, there was a, a report that came out that said that Baker could ask for a trade from the Browns if the play calling doesn't get better. And this is my take on it. 
Baker is is blaming Stefanski now for not putting him in the right situations this year to succeed. Okay, and yes, he hurt his shoulder week two. All right, that it does suck. It's his non-throwing shoulder. I completely understand why it would hurt, why it would be detrimental to his play to a certain degree, right? But there's other quarterbacks in this league that have dealt with injuries. Russell Russell Wilson to his throwing hand, middle finger. I'd say that's more important than your opposite shoulder. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, his foot. I would say that's more important than your non-throwing shoulder, right? We know Brady fought through last season with a meniscus tear and won the Super Bowl. Again, another thing that I think is more important than your non-throwing shoulder. So this Baker injury, I'm going to, you know, not put as much stock in because there's other guys that are injured around the, around the league. I mean, Dak's coming off a blown leg. So let's just put it all in perspective. But circling back and saying that Baker is blaming Stefanski, I just think is somewhat comical. So on the bright side, Baker's realized what he is. He's realized that his time in Cleveland's coming to an end because he hasn't played very well in the last two years, right? So I'd love to see Baker demand a trade. I'd love to see it. Frankly, I'd love to see Cleveland just trade him, just get him out of the building. You know why? Because it's dysfunction. It's like Antonio Brown, Baker Mayfield, calling out the medical staff of the Cleveland Browns two years ago. Right Now he's calling out his head coach. He had on-field issues with Odell. He had the inability to lead his team in, in the right ways, to get them going in the right direction since his, since his rookie year when he set the rookie passing TD record, which subsequently got absolutely obliterated by Justin Herbert. Just saying. Uh, that's, that's not the point. Anyways, Baker, in a different situation, let's say... For kicks and giggles, Baker goes to Washington. Well, he's no longer going to have the number one ranked offensive line, which he had in Cleveland. He's not going to have the weapons on the outside that he has in Cleveland. He'll have Terry McLaurin, who's really, really good. But, I mean, Terry McLaurin and Jarvis Landry are probably comparable at this point in time. Terry might get the slight edge, but, you know, he had Odell and Jarvis. He's certainly not going to have the tight end play of Austin Hooper, of David Njoku, on his on Washington, right? He's not going to have the running backs of Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. Both of them are better than Antonio Gibson. He's not going to have the defense, as we've seen this year. Washington was a bottom 10 defense the entire year. For the first half of the year, they were worst defense in the league, right? He has a Chase Young, Miles Garrett comparison. Sure, sure. But we got to see Washington play defense consistently to say, okay, they're better than the top eight unit that the Cleveland Browns are. So across the board, he's going to a worse team pretty much wherever you want to send him. Send him to Atlanta, same way. Send him to, I mean, Denver's the only place that he might get an upgrade on the offensive side, and I still don't know if it's an upgrade because Cleveland's roster is so darn good. Across the board, they are so darn good, and I just don't think Cleveland would trade him within the AFC. Say he goes to Carolina, talented defense on on. You know, a young, talented defense overall. They got some weapons. Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, sure, comparable. The offensive lines aren't close. They aren't close. Cleveland's offensive line is miles better than Carolina's offensive line. Weapons, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, sure. Okay, we got something to work with. 
But at the end of the day, do you think Baker's any better than what he was in Cleveland? No, I don't think so. They get beat by the Saints, and they get beat by Tampa, and Carolina's, you know, a ho-hum third, fourth-place team, depending on if they can beat Atlanta once a year, right? So now on the flip side, right, just like in divorces, you you look at once once two people, you know, break up with each other, leave each other after they're with each other for a long amount of time, one usually blossoms and one usually doesn't. You can kind of see who carried who in the relationship, right? So I don't think Baker would do, do the blossoming. But let's just say Cleveland got Kirk Cousins. Let's say Cleveland got Russell Wilson. Let's say Cleveland went out and gave up their entire draft capital for Deshaun Watson. You're telling me they're not a playoff team? You're telling me a team that has top five roster written all over it right now? That's what everyone said preseason. That's what I said preseason. They have a top five roster in the NFL. You're telling me that they're not a playoff team? You're telling me that they can't win the AFC North when they were one game out of the AFC North this year with absolutely horrid quarterback play? I mean, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'll say. I mean, Cleveland would probably be the bet of the year next year because they wouldn't be favored over Cincinnati in the preseason. They wouldn't probably be favored over Baltimore in the preseason. But to get Cleveland with Deshaun Watson, to get Cleveland with even maybe a Tua, even maybe a Tua could, you know, be better than Baker at this point. It would be really, really fun to see the overall experiment of Baker on a different team, Cleveland with a different quarterback that is average to slightly above average Baker, and how much the two sides crevice, right? That would be really fun to watch. It would be really, really entertaining football in 2022. I appreciate you guys coming and listening to the entire pod. We had a great day today. It was loaded. I hope you guys enjoy this weekend. Enjoy the games, Saturday games, Sunday games. We're getting ready for the playoffs. It's going to be really fun. Don't forget that Monday night college football championship, Alabama, Georgia. Uh, Prediction, how do you not go with Alabama? I really think it's because there's such a quarterback discrepancy between Bryce Young and Stetson Bennett. Um, I I, I hope it's a fun game. I hope it's close till the end. Uh, But I'll give my nod to Alabama. I think they're going to win the game. Um, And we will talk to you guys about all that and more on next week's episode. Have a great week.